0: And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauck and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, an attorney and a partner with the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. We're a Christian law firm that focuses on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. You can learn more about us or get our free religious liberty and legal update newsletter by going to MaukBaker.com. that's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call 312-726-1243. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter to keep up to date on our show or visit our website to view our entire podcast library of previous Lawyers for Jesus radio interviews. Are you wondering if there's hope in the fight for unborn life? Well, keep listening. Today, sitting across from me is our guest, Kevin Grillo, Executive Director of We Dignify, a college mentorship program with a mission to grow students into pro-life leaders. The vision of We Dignify is to foster a culture of love on college campuses where new life is welcomed with joy and people suffering from abortion can be led toward healing and hope. Kevin, welcome to the show. Rich, thanks for having me. Actually, I think it's welcome back to the show. Yeah. It's a great return. uh, I think it was in December we talked about the pro-life march coming up and maybe we'll get a chance to do a recap on that. So... Let's talk a little bit about this We Dignify. What is that? And where where did you come up with that name anyway?
1: Right. You want to talk about Holy Spirit-led. We were looking as we had grown where to go next. And our model had changed from a mile wide, inch deep, to like this network of resources, to realizing students needed more relational ministry on their campus. So then we went a mile deep and, and an inch wide, but then things started picking up and taking off all over. So we're like, well, what are we going to call ourselves as this is expanding? Not just in a region, but people are now listening all over to our podcast. You can check it out. We Dignify has a podcast as well. well. How, so how, if
0: they want to do that, how do they How do they get your podcast?
1: However you listen to a podcast. You can go to our website, wedignify.org. You can go to iTunes. Maybe you're in the Android Fan Club. You can check us out at SoundCloud. Really, there's a, any way you can listen to a podcast. You can listen to We Dignify. Okay. But the... The placement of the name was looking for, how are we moving forward? Because we're not just a belief, we're not just standing for something, but we're moving a movement forward. And so it had to be an action. But also we needed to change our culture from an individualism to a community. We had to move away from the iPhone into the we dignify. And we wanted to stand for something, but yes, move forward, yes, move as a community, but also stay true to the core principle of human dignity that is so often lost. All
0: right. Well, let me stop you right there. Um, Core principle of human dignity. And I, and I love that we're things are changing and you've got to move with the things are changing. But if you lose the heart or the root or the principle, then what's the whole purpose of it? So what is this? It can't just be
1: experience. It can't just be like, Oh, I had this good experience. I'm going to pick off of that. Right. Or, or I'm
0: just glad to be in community or something. There's some, there's a, purpose for community. So you talked about this principle, core principle. What is that? And, and give us some details on it.
1: Well, it's recognizing that we all have an unconditional dignity that's not variable. It's not conditional. It's not something that is given by another person, but we receive as a state of being a human, a human person. And because of that, we are all connected by it. But we also have to treat one another in that way. So it's both a challenge in how we live it out, but also to be unified to a principle in our roots. And it's not something that so often, oh, if, if you have this utility or this ability, people say, then you have value. No, our value doesn't come from a, an ability or a condition.
0: Where does it come from then?
1: Oh, I mean, we're right at, in the natural law. How, well, I mean, tell me more. Yeah, I mean, this the is the, right. where does it come from? God, Like this, we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And as a result of that, we all have dignity. And with if we ignore that, then we lose so much of who we are. So, you know, everybody
0: uh, in our culture wants to ascribe to dignity. But not all people would say that dignity comes from God. Sometimes they just say we have dignity. You said we lose something if we don't understand it comes from God. How does that work?
1: Often our culture looks just for physical signs. But now we're talking metaphysics. And so to understand the human person is both to understand the metaphysical element and the soul, as well as understand the physical attributes. And so it recognizes that we are both and person. We're not solely just something that you see or that that can be measured by someone else. And if we lose, you're right. If we, if we ignore that other part, then we look at just for the physical time being and not the eternal soul.
0: And I think then human dignity really becomes sort of who has the power to uh, to define what categories are important and what which
1: a dangerous place it
0: is a, it's a scary place all right so i want to move you back we dignify how um let me do this let me go to break for a second uh this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of the law firm of Malkin Baker. Today, we're speaking with Kevin Grillo, Executive Director of We Dignify, an organization that promotes a culture of life on college campuses. And Kevin, I wanted to ask you, so how does your message sell on college campuses today? It's, it's a very secular and a sort of uh, autonomous, anything goes atmosphere you're in. How does this message sell?
1: It goes forth one by one. I mean, we send our students out, we form them up, to be able to have dialogue and conversation. And that also has to do with why we pay dignity, because people are like, oh, we dignify. What is that? And they open the door to a conversation, as opposed to us being something like standoffish, or just yelling across the way at them. But first, people have to be pulled out of the relativism. And that is a very challenging move. Well, my friend said this, or my professor said that. And there's often condemnation. For being pro, like pro-choice, is seen as the ultimate good in academia right now, and that's across engineering classes. It comes up, it comes up in history, sociology, all over the place, and so it's it's a very rough environment from a professor level, but from a student level, once they realize that there's something missing, there's a desire for truth.
0: So, I'm I'm the student. I'm I'm an engineering yeah. student, and and I just. I'm assuming the cultural values, which is uh, pro-choice, is a wonderful thing. Everybody gets to choose. How do you how do you break me out of that as we begin our conversation?
1: What's wonderful is that we teach our students how to respond to the person in front of them and meet them where they're at. So with you, you'd, I'd probably, if you were an engineering student, we'd start talking in a very logical way or exploring what you currently thought and why and start developing that. Often it's not that far developed. It's maybe a catchphrase or it's, oh, I haven't really thought that much about it. And so you start flushing out and hearing what the other person has to say. And then you can make appeals to, okay, well, let's take a look at science or biology. Or maybe you are a faithful engineering student and faith would play a part there and you can talk there. But maybe you're philosophical and want to hang out there. So because of the formation that our students receive in our small group curriculum, they learn how to engage each person based on what the priorities of the person in front of them are.
0: What kind of things do you encounter on campus? Um, is there a lot of pushback on on what you're doing? Or how does it, what, what do you see? Yes, say?
1: I mean, absolutely. Uh, there's definitely a pushback. And sometimes it comes in the form of passive pushback. Like a student group can't hold an event or they, oh, we need to approve that. We need to review that. And then they approve the event the day after the event that was requested to have. We're even having a conference. We got like we were trying to pay a couple of thousand dollars to have a conference space for just a day, and the university was like, Oh, we don't hold events like that here. And sometimes it comes straight out into classrooms where students are worried because their TA just showed a pro choice video in their medical ethics class and is unwilling to talk about any pro life perspective. And so they go because of the formation, they they're confident they have the education. But they also have the composure to be able to ask questions in that classroom setting and start changing students' minds right around them.
0: So so I'm one of the students and I'm and yeah. my TA has just shown this movie. What kind of questions am I gonna ask? And and what's the TA gonna do when I start doing that?
1: Uh, well, <clears throat> the TA might be thrown a little bit because one in one scenario the TA was taken aback that anyone else was anyone would ask questions or just you know, it's mostly like just just listen to this and take it in and absorb. we are going to ask questions of oh, are you going to answer the pro-life perspective? Oh, this is interesting. Maybe you'll ask about the biology. Oh, it didn't get into when science begins. That's interesting because science is at the core of medicine. So why aren't we talking about conception at all? Or fertilized egg? Why aren't we, you might start there or you might engage with those around you and say, hey, is everyone on board with this? And then all of a sudden That might start a little bit of a ruckus there, or it might not. And people will maybe nod because they're scared. But you're going to start asking respectful questions to the TA in front of the class, or even after. And you're going to start making some inroads there.
0: It's another message that's often not heard. So my question is, these students sound to me, and we actually interviewed one um, a, a while ago from Loyola, their career is a little bit at risk when they step out on this. Is that true?
1: Oh, absolutely. Their career, their grade, they're putting a lot of risk. This is why it's challenging to work with them because we understand the risks that are in front of them. It's an ambitious and bold thing to be a pro-lifer on a college campus today and want to continue to graduate. But while the sacrificial love that the students have for the pro-life movement and to serve women and children One student right now is applying to medical ethics, like, she's going to med school. And in her cover letter, she's talking about how pro-life is integral to who she is.
0: You you know, I I marvel with that. When I applied to law school, they asked me why I said, for the kingdom of God. So I really resonate with this. Coming up, we will talk further with Kevin Grillo, the executive director of We Dignify, about the future of the pro-life movement. I'm Rich Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
2: David Smith, Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute, an independent nonprofit ministry dedicated to boldly bringing a biblical perspective to public policy. Here at IFI, our mission is to support traditional family values, defend biblical truths, and uphold Christian morals. We consider Malkin Baker our allies in this mission, and we are proud to support them in their legal endeavors. Malkin Baker is a law firm that upholds Christian beliefs putting God first. If you ever find your religious liberty and rights as a person of faith under attack, you can trust the attorneys of Malkin Baker to fight for you. Malkin Baker has a team of Christian lawyers who seek to achieve justice and advance the gospel through their work. If you have a legal need or question and would like the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact Mauck and Baker at 312-726-1243 or visit their website at maukbaker.com.
0: Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner of the law firm of Mauk and Baker, and we're talking with Kevin Grillo. executive director of We Dignify, an organization that aims to transform young people's perspectives towards life. Kevin, we were talking about the uh, Pro-Life March, this year's Pro-Life March. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Just give us some idea of of, uh, the contrast between the pro-life and the pro-choice people who were there.
1: I mean, what's the opposite of joy and anger? Like This is where you see so many people gathered celebratory to, you know, promote life. It's, their voices are echoing off the skyscrapers in Federal Plaza and all throughout. And you look across the street to people who are protesting the March for Chicago. There's a lot of anger. You're seeing signs like abortion on demand without apology or things like shut up virgins and all these different pieces that none of it's promoting it. They're not excited about things. They're angry. But then you look to where, where the people are gathering around life. and They see the value and they love it, but they also recognize it's something they celebrate. One group of people called it more of a block party than anything.
0: Yeah, I was there for this year's uh, march, as I am every year. Um, it was a block party. And, and, and to your cause, a great part of it is youth now, which is a very, very encouraging thing.
1: We've been blessed to be a part of it for over six years now. And when we were first forming up, one of the things that we did was incorporate "Love and Life" as a tagline, which with the March for Chicago, because we wanted the youthful energy, but we also recognized that we need to bring light into this darkness. And that's exactly what happened at the March this year. We're talking about a March that six years ago had about 100, 200 people. This year, we're we're over. The the cops were saying, "Don't allow anyone else in the Federal Plaza." We're full. I mean, we're jam packed with over 8,000 people in attendance. That's
0: uh, And not just from around here either, by the way. This is a Midwestern thing these days.
1: Yeah, we even get some cheeseheads down from Wisconsin. Yeah, you do. You do. All right. Um, so let's go back
0: to campus for a second and deal with individuals. But then I want to look at maybe the pro-life movement and where it's going. So what are you seeing on campus? Do you have some testimonies in terms of, of uh, the impact that your organization has?
1: Sure. And I want to share a couple of things that students have told us. Yeah, recently, uh, was one student from U of I down in Champaign said, it wasn't until I joined We Dignify that I was able to effectively argue my stance. And it wasn't until We Dignify that I realized just how important the issue is. And another student, Emily, said, I wasn't really raised pro-life, but my friend brought me into it. And now I realize that without the pro-life movement, I would be missing my friend who was adopted. And these stories continue to abound. And I think of... A student that this year spoke at the March for Live Chicago, her name was Katie, and she's from U of I, and, and she talked about her change of heart and that she had been pro-choice more out of a cultural thing. This is what was expected. She, she didn't think too much about it, but also an indifference. This is just how the way things are. And then it was through her friends and the students that we were working with that kept reaching out to her with joy. And she said at the end of their speech that it was joy that brought me in and it's joy that we move forward in. And it's that kind of love for life that it continues to change hearts. And I think we, we want, obviously, opinion to change. But we dignify works not just to change opinion, but to change behavior. And that has a lifelong impact.
0: So, in a way, what you're saying is it's much deeper than just a political or an ideological type of movement like our opponents at the, at the march were. All they were doing was shouting and yelling ideology rather than something that was their life.
1: Yeah, this is something that they live, they witness. We talk about students risking things or sacrificing next steps or career advancement or or acceptance to different things. This is a part of their identity that's not just identity politics. It's not limited to like, oh, who do I ascribe to right now or who do I, those things. It goes much deeper to their core.
0: I'm going to throw a curveball question. What do you think the motivation... Oftentimes, and you can't know every individual, what do you think the motivation so often is for those who are so angry in, the, in their um, standing on the sidelines of this march?
1: I think it's an integral in our view as we look out that we, we recognize the anger that those have, but also do so with love and charity. And I think many people in our – we are a walking, wounded generation. Abortion is so prevalent. Right now, in, I mean, New York City has a rate of 544 abortions for every 1,000 births. We're talking about over one in three pregnancies and in abortion just in New York City. There's a huge magnitude of impact. And so I think that anger comes from being harmed. This, the, Many women are sold a bill of goods. Hey, this will empower you. This will free you up to do all the things you want to do. They don't realize this will tear at your core and who you are because you're a mother and And just because you have an abortion doesn't mean that you're not a mother anymore. It means you're a mother without a child. Yeah,
0: and and you know it too. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Rich Baker of Malkin Baker, and I'm speaking with Kevin Grillo, Executive Director of We Dignify. And we're talking about the future of the pro-life movement. Kevin, uh, coming back. So, if we listen to the news today, everything is... Doom and gloom. Is is it doom and gloom for the pro-life movement ahead?
1: Absolutely not. Why not? Oh, man, this is what I love. We are at the forefront of the movement and the direction, seeing the vision, because we're on the ground talking with students all the time. So we know it's coming out culturally, but we also are training frontline responders to be first responders as those in need. They're also becoming leaders that have, they recognize where things are at and they don't want it. They're not realizing, oh, this change. I mean, abortion has always been legal since they've been alive. So it's not an element of like, oh, we'll create this change. We'll give access to abortion and it'll be great. No, they're realizing in a society where this has been so prevalent, this hasn't solved poverty. This hasn't solved women's empowerment. This isn't the answer. We want something more. And that yearning for hope and change is what's happening know, what's coming forth. And it's such a blessing to be right there and helping equip them because there's been a, a very diligent and perseverant movement in the pro-life movement and leaders who have been leading for 40 or 50 years. And what a blessing that they've stood for truth that long. But now the, the, the groundswell of young leaders that are stepping up to continue on and carry the torch is bringing about so much momentum.
0: You know, this is something that in our culture... Uh, we don't often realize how long does it take to switch the direction of a culture. We think if it doesn't happen in a couple years or a short period of time, then there's a failure. Pro-life movement's been going on for a very long time. Yeah,
1: but not as long as when you look at societal change. When you look at other human atrocities, it took decades to create change in a culture. Uh, 50, 60, 70 years. To create change, and if you look at, I mean, you could look at Brown vs. Board and Plessy vs. Ferguson just to think about different court cases and the time span in between there. It's not a five-year change.
0: No, not at all. Not it's at a, all. But actually, I'm looking at the uh, pro-life movement, which has its birth probably uh, in 1973 with the Roe v. Wade uh, court case. But um, that's a long time.
1: Yeah, but we're ready for change. I think, I mean, we're, in many ways, with new younger people more excited and more pro-life than in the past people at this age, we desire something different. And it is a long time. And I don't want to diminish the length of that by any means. I'm just saying that it but,
0: takes a long time yeah. to bring change. And it, and it takes an endurance to uh, bring that about. I'm, I'm really impressed with the students who are becoming leaders with your organization for the endurance and the courage that's required. If I were to ask you, for those out in our audience who are uh, pro-life, what would you say about courage for them?
1: Well, I think it's time to step up if they haven't already. They can check out one thing that we do to help move people out of fear or out of apathy. They can check out at org slash seven-day challenge. And it's seven little segments each day to your inbox about something that you can do in your daily life. And that's a step right there.
0: Uh, give me an example from, from that seven-day challenge.
1: Uh, one example would be to talk to a friend about why you're pro-life. Maybe you haven't talked to anyone about it. Maybe it's something you just hold, but you're scared. Another example would be to um, make a move if, if it comes up as the water cooler. I don't know if there are water coolers anymore we in still, offices. We have a, I think, we have is a there, water cooler here. We still still, in our, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. well, everyone kind of understands the water cooler conversation. You don't have an app for water yet. So. You, you, not yet? Not yet. <laughs> maybe you don't. Have you heard? <laughs> no, I have <laughs> no, not. Yet. All right. But that's simple segments that you can do to start conversations around you and listen, but also start weighing in. Or maybe it's volunteering at a local pregnancy center. Or maybe it's learning about... Hey, do you know someone there? That way, if you meet someone in a crisis, you can help be a bridge there. These are different little tidbits that you can do every day to help move forward.
0: Do you have something that strengthens the confidence in terms of a person being able to speak to the issues? Is that on your website as well?
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, the 7 days challenge is a starting point. We did a podcast. The entirety of that, having expert speakers on that throughout different disciplines, people have really engaged in that and that the podcast itself has been formed out of what we did in small groups with students and how we saw confidence develop with knowledge.
0: Well, I'm gonna have to go to that podcast. Kevin, give us the details again on how they can get a hold of you, how they can get the podcasts, and any events you're doing.
1: Sure. We dignify.org is the best way of starting page. We dignify podcast is on all the things iTunes, SoundCloud, Android, wherever you're getting your podcast you can check it out there or if you go to slash podcast we'll give you options there too those are the best two starting points
0: kevin thanks for speaking with us today Uh, we dignify is a fantastic organization thanks for giving us a little hope when sometimes things seem pretty dark appreciate you having you here If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Mauk and Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at mauckbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. If you have missed part of this show and want to listen online, go to mauckbaker.com forward slash radio. I'm Rich Baker, partner uh, at Mauk and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. You're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes indeed, you're gonna
2: have to serve somebody.